Welcome to the Chaster Parent Podcast, helping you get in the know about uni. My name's Riley Rose. I work here at Chaster University. And in this episode, we're speaking with Catherine Finlay. Kath Finlay is a skills development coordinator here at Charles Sturt within the Careers and Skills Hub. She runs a workshop for current Charles Sturt students called Manage Your Time and Energy. So, of course, we thought Kath would be a great person to chat about strategies and tips to help your child do just that, manage their time and energy. We often focus on the big thing and we don't accomplish anything until the big thing is done. And that's really hard. But if you're perpetually working towards today, I need to read two articles or I need to read that chapter of that book to write my English essay or whatever. But you celebrate because you got the chapter read. That's it. The step one, you need to read the chapter. Do that and go, yay, done. We know you'll get a lot out of this episode. So please share this episode around to anyone who might benefit from these tips and strategies. And of course, get in touch with us anytime if you have more questions. The link to reach us is in the show notes or inside your newsletter. And now here's Kath Finlay. Thank you so much for joining us, Kath. Could we start by explaining a little bit about you and what your role is and what you're passionate about here at Charles Sturt? Yeah, I have actually been at the uni for, trying to work it out, it's just over 20 years now. And I've worked in marketing. I spent many years doing student recruitment, moved over to student services, and I also teach in the School of Business as a sessional staff member. So yeah, I've kind of been around the uni for a long time. I feel feel very much like it's my family and it has been since I did my undergraduate degree here a million years ago. But in terms of just me, I am a single mum, two teenage daughters, which my eldest is in year 10. So it's interesting that just the conversations are becoming a little bit more serious. With your children being of that age, Kath, And obviously you yourself work at a university, but do you think for some parents who haven't navigated the university space or the higher education space before, or maybe did so a while ago, uh, it can be really overwhelming. You know, there's lots of different terms, different acronyms to learn when trying to help their child have these conversations and have them with confidence. And I think it's any kind of new environment, just got to ask questions and you kind of just get used to it as you go. I think the important thing is just every time you come across something that just doesn't make sense, just ask because, you know, for me even, I just, you, you, you spend so much time talking in these contexts that you actually kind of forget in some ways that that's not common knowledge yes. and, and things like that. So I think um, most of the time, I think I'd like to think that we pick it up, but yeah, so I think it's kind of just ask questions, lots of questions yeah. as well, and, and just keep expectations a little bit. I, I should kind of mention one of the reasons that I actually love what I do as much as I do particularly my work in teaching and where I am in skills development now is when I was in high school, maybe I just had one of those kind of experiences. I think I kind of got voted most likely to go off, get married, have children and have a happy old life. Yeah. You know, and, and that was the expectation. And academically, I didn't achieve anything incredible. I think I got one of those letters from UAC that said, thanks very much for trying. Good luck with your life. Yep. You know, and all of those things that kind of we stereotypically sometimes kind of go the failed high school, they're not going to make it, where 
that absolutely wasn't the case. I just didn't quite get it at the time and it just wasn't in that environment. And I went off to TAFE for a couple of years and did some, you know, diploma of management. And it was actually a, uh, we actually had a substitute teacher one night during my diploma and she said, you're really kind of, you're really into this. You should, you you should apply to uni. And I do have very clear recollections of laughing at her kind of going, oh no, you know, no, no, I'm a TAFE girl. (laughs) Universities, universities for smart people. And she was, and, and when I did apply, I actually told nobody because I just figured when I didn't get in, yeah. I didn't need to tell anybody. And so I finished kind of two degrees now. I'm just finishing my third. I teach at the uni. And I just kind of think sometimes I think there's just a little bit too much pressure on that year 12. Yeah. You know, it's certainly kind of, and I think also particularly for the kids who like to call them the hummingbirds of life, they're, they're not absolutely totally and utterly set on one career. They're just like, this is interesting, but that's also interesting, but this is also a bit interesting. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Just mm-hmm. be interested and be curious in lots of things. You'll find your way when you get there. Kath, you've taught workshops on managing time and energy here at Charles Sturt for current students. I imagine those strategies would heavily apply to senior high school students too, uh, given that their senior high school years are quite pivotal. Can you take us through what would be helpful for parents of high school students to hear when it comes to managing time? Even, you know, the disruption of having a, you know, a very important year in their schooling life can disrupt the household a little bit, you know, how do you think um, they can manage that as a family unit? First of all is I think just giving them space um, and considerate space in terms of if they've got work and study to do, probably you going and having family time watching a great TV or a movie, you know, together is really hard for them because it makes them feel quite isolated. And certainly something that I've tended to do a little bit more in the last kind of probably 12 months is that if uh, my eldest daughter is, is studying, I just tend to read a book. Yeah. And I can just read a book with my, you know, with my other daughter or whatever, or but just try to not kind of make it any harder than it has to be. Because I think studying can be a little bit isolating. It's certainly, you know, something you have to kind of focus on and be kind of by yourself. So when you've kind of got the opportunity of being by yourself or everybody else is going and doing something fun, that that makes it really tricky. Probably their friends could potentially be going and doing something fun. So for them to have to compete against their friends and their family and everybody's doing something fun, you know, just kind of minimizing it. You can't kind of cut off your entire life because of it. But yeah, the the other thing I find is really just helping them to, and it's certainly something we see a lot in uni students as well, just really break down and segment the task that they're trying to do. It's quite often we see, you know, university like oh what are you doing this weekend they go oh, I've got to work on the assignment mm-hmm. well the assignment's not actually a task the assignment is like saying I'm going to build a house this weekend yeah. it's, it's made of so many different components and and if you know you say to somebody can you build a house this weekend like, that is overwhelm that is huge but if you kind of say to somebody hey could you just go and clear that little tiny block of land oh sure I can do that and I think kind of really breaking that down a lot and it's certainly something I've found very helpful with students it's kind of saying well if we think of this assessment as a, as a combination of like 20 different tasks what do we break those down to so first of all we have to do some some research so if doing an assignment is too big can you jump online and find two articles that might help inform what you're going to write about and most students will kind of go well I can do that yeah. I'm like great because that is step one and it's just kind of understanding that small steps 
you know, I feel like it's one of those cliches kind of, you know, just, you know, baby steps, you know, lots of small steps actually make something quite big, but we often focus on the big thing and we don't accomplish anything Mm. until the big thing is done. And that's really hard when you're perpetually working towards big things. But if you're perpetually working towards today, I need to read two articles or I need to read that chapter of that book to write my English essay or whatever, but you celebrate because you got the chapter read. That's it. You don't have to take notes. You don't have to write anything. The step one, you need to read the chapter. Do that and go, yay, done. So just breaking it down because I think it's it's too easy to fall into overwhelm when... There's deadlines and assignments everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that actually eliminates some levels of procrastination too? It's either way too hard, I'm going to sit on Instagram <laughs> or Absolutely. breaking it down. Yeah. And quite often, I mean, look, you know, the, the caveat as well is that procrastination can lead to some really yuck mental health kind of, you know, some really big challenges. We just need to kind of separate that if you kind of fall into that area, that's a different kind of category. And, I, you know, there's a reason we also have counsellors and support at, at university because it's hard. Yeah. And, you know, th- there's a reason we reach out. But quite often procrastination is for a number of reasons. And one is just too big. And, you know, if somebody tells me to write a, you know, even a 1,000 word assessment, like, I don't know what that is. It's yeah. too big. Break it down. Or the other thing I quite often find, particularly when I'm in, in my teaching role, is that they don't actually understand. They're, they're somehow, particularly with uni students or something, they somehow think, that by being, you know, accepted into university, they somehow grew all of this knowledge that they should know what it means if I ask them to do something. And you're like, no, no, you're not supposed to. Ask me questions. Keep asking, asking questions. Yeah. And I think asking questions is incredibly underrated because, you know, if you don't know what it means, there's no way you can ever achieve that. So you just got to keep asking until you do. And I think um, the other thing is just, I think we've got to just reconsider the impact that 10 minutes of study has. Let's not say we're going to do four hours today. Let's do, do as a, if anybody would like a distraction, a productive procrastination strategy. There's a really great YouTube video by um, Dr. Marty Lobdell, who is a, I think he was a professor of psychology at a university in America. And he's got a YouTube clip called Study Smart, Study Less. And it was his observations of, I think it was five, five of the, the key strategies that he saw his most successful students use over the years. And one of them is keeping study sessions to, I think you said something like two hours. Uh, he brings all, in all the technical parts and I won't pretend to know anything about that. Nobody's brain can actually concentrate for those kind of levels of time. That you know, I still see it, uh, even in my, my eldest daughter, and you tend to like, okay, Saturday, four hours. I'm going to just, I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, Be realistic. <laughs> yep. Be realistic. Because otherwise, you know, you failed before you've started. And that's, that's a terrible way to feel. I mean, what if you say, I'm going to do 15 minutes and you do 50 minutes and then you go, yay. Yes, exactly. And you, yeah. can, you know, pat yourself on the back or give yourself a high five or totally. some kind of reward. I don't know um, what is it called, a little fun size Mars bar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just go ahead and go for a walk. Get some yeah. fun. My my, I have to give her credit. Uh, My daughter often says that she'll do some studies. She says, I'm going outside to photosynthesize for a while. I'm like, excellent. You go and do that. I'm going to use that actually. That is good. Um, Okay. That's really good. They are so helpful. You know, after the two hours, you're right. Your brain, it's something fuzzy happens in there. And Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if 
you're even, you know, like retaining information properly. That's really nice to break it down into chunks. What about, we've kind of talked about time. What about energy, Kath? Are you, (laughs) you know, we say a lot of self-care on social media. How do you balance um, the study load and making sure you are practicing self-care or, you know, not tipping one too much of one, you know, thing, what would you recommend um, in terms of energy? Yeah, I think the first thing that jumps to mind is just being really wary of the word balance. I don't think any of us actually really balance anything on a day-to-day thing, you know, perfectly. So I think we also just have to kind of accept that in tougher years, like year 12, your balance is going to be off and you're going to lean a little bit more into study, which means something else might just have to give, but it's not permanent. It's just for a while. But in terms of energy, I think the key thing is really just understanding and this, and admittedly, it took me a long time to work this out. The core of everything is sleep. And I know that's all like, you know, everyone, we've got these kind of funny cliches, you know, I don't need sleep, sleeps for the week and whatever. Sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> when I'm dead. But the reality is that, you know, the things that make us perform well, you know, all of these kind of the neurological and everything, everything is based off our quality and quantity of sleep. So, and I've often kind of said to my students that I'd rather them, this not everybody, don't think this is the standard practice across universities, but I would rather if they're going to work till midnight to get an assessment done, mm. email me and say it'll be done tomorrow and go to bed at nine o'clock because you know what, you're going to send me something in much better quality tomorrow than just keep working through the night. You know, nothing works well. And if you kind of start really understanding, I think been a number of years kind of trying to work out you know, why is this sleep thing so important? You know, it's fine. But you start understanding the role that sleep plays in your ability to learn and you kind of realise that by choosing not to sleep, you're actually choosing not to learn because your brain can't do both. You can't learn and not sleep. It just literally doesn't function like that. Mm. So by actually really taking care of yourself um, and sleeping well and getting you know quality and consistent sleep is just really critical in terms of you know, your energy and looking after yourself. And I think this is a role for parents as well. And I'm not great at it because Friday nights, the last thing I'm really interested in doing is cooking. We generally have Friday night takeaway because, you know, as a working parent, I'm usually done, but just really trying to provide as much, you know, nutrition as much as kids are interested. I mean, if there's an apple chip, we know where, you know, but just trying to provide that. And the other thing is just, I think a little bit of photosynthesis is really great for everybody and just being able to, you know, understand that the role that just getting out and getting a little bit of sunlight on our faces and, and our, you know, it's just really good. It doesn't have to be for hours. And I think this is the other thing we, we need to, we don't need to kind of go, all right, I'm going to get nine hours sleep every night and I'm going to eat perfectly nutritious meals and I'm going to spend two hours exercising every day. And, you know, it just sets everybody up just, but if you can get reasonably good regular sleep. If you can generally eat as well as you possibly can, you know, because, you know, the economy kind of says that's not as cheap as what it may be used to. Mm. But if you can get out and go for a 10 minute walk, all of those things feed into giving you energy. And the last thing I kind of think of for me is and I think as a parent, it's something I kind of struggle with a little bit is you know, the kids going, I want to go to a friend's place or I want to go, you know, do something. And I'm like, yeah, but didn't you say you could an assessment due? And the idea that actually social interaction mm-hmm. 
it's just so important for their souls. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, because a part of me, and I think it's just an adult thing, you're like, well, you know what, I'm just not talking to anybody until I've got that job done. And as adults, that might be okay. Maybe we can, it's probably not great for us either, but just kind of giving them some space still to be kids. Yes. <laughs> it's really, you know, you know, you sit, look back at being 18 and, you know, everything looks so, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, just a kid. Come play. Yeah. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> you kind of have to schedule in the, yeah, making sure they're running amok as well, being kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In a responsible way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kath, yeah. well, it's been so wonderful to talk to you. I know that you're still a couple of years away from maybe um, <sighs> navigating that space with your children, but what are you most looking forward to in that period of your being a parent of um, older children? Oh, look, this is, I feel like I could say something and everybody who's listening to this who's a current year 12 person will look at this like shake their head, roll their eyes and go, you have no idea. Look, I don't really know in terms of what, you know, I'm just hoping that the kids thrive in a really comfortable, happy way. Um, Certainly kind of just probably from my personal experience, I've always been very adamant to the kids that it's not about uni. It's about contributing to society. I'm like, if you don't want to go to uni, don't. But you do, you do have a responsibility to just you know, get a job and and some money and you know create something. But I I just hope that's I think that's my expectation or my hope for my for my kids is just that they engage in something that they love that they're passionate about and kind of provide this is really philosophical and fluffy. I feel like in many ways, but I just hope that they can kind of pursue something that makes them happy. Yeah. And if that's university, that's great. If it's not, great. It just but if it's making them happy and I think they're you know, contributing and, you know, making their own way, that's great. Yeah, but you are so right. It's so about, yeah, that sort of ethos that we follow here at Charles Sturt, you know, creating a world worth living uh, in. And it's so important to feel like you're giving back to the community and contributing to a positive, you know, life for people. Absolutely. But even if we look at our, our student cohort at Charles Sturt, you know, we do have a, a, a good group of students who come straight out of school. Yeah. But we have a much bigger group of students who at 25 have decided to do this or at 40 have decided to change or do another or whatever. And I think that's kind of, for me, it's always important to remember there is nothing about year 12 that is the be all and end all. Um, Certainly it makes the process quicker, you know, no, yeah. absolutely not that's questioning <laughs> that, that if, you know, if you want to get to your the end career as quickly as possible, absolutely. But there is also plenty of other options. Thank you so much for joining us, Kath. That's been so helpful. I think parents will really find that very comforting um, when navigating these senior school years and, you know, alleviating that overwhelm a little bit. Absolutely. I'll be back in two years when my daughter's in year yes. 12 going, hey, you know all that stuff said? Uh, maybe I need some advice. We'll get you back on. Totally. Big thank you to Kath Finlay from the Careers and Skills Hub at Charles Sturt University for sharing her thoughts, tips and strategy on management time and energy for your child. If you have any questions or would like to chat to one of the Child Sturt team, please do reach out via the link in our show notes or inside your email. Or if you have any feedback for us, especially in regards to this podcast, if you'd like to suggest any topics that you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, do let us know. Those links are all in the show notes or your newsletter. We will talk to you soon. Take care.